watching Christmas movies, like I have like a Lego Santa's Village. And the thing with Lego is when you first get them, they do a really good job of like, here are the four bags you need. In order to do the first part, here's bag one. So you have like a smaller like group to do in. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, then you finish part of it and then you go, okay, now go on open bag two. And then like, instead of having like everything all at once, especially with the big sets. But I don't have that anymore because I've already opened it. So we're trying to watch movies in the room with a smaller table so I can't spread everything out. Uh-huh. And I have, I put them all in a bowl we're watching movies and I'm like looking for one little piece in this like metal bowl. And Tara's like, you can't do this. Like, I need you to stop. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like looking for one Lego. So like, we've been like, okay, we have to watch ones we've watched 8 million times. Yes. So this is so, something. Oh, sorry. Go well, ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's why. So we're watching Love Actually. And I go, oh my God, text Laurel. Uh. Eight is too many legs, David, right now. And she's like, and then we realized it was like 11 and you were probably asleep. So I'm like, oh, Facebook message. Eight is a lot of legs, David. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that is. So what's so funny is I feel like I, I think maybe we've talked about this before, but it's a good time yes. here to bring it up again. That was such an underappreciated line that for some, for the longest time, I was the only person who ever bumped on it. I mm. would quote it and people would be like, what? What are you talking about? What is that from? I'd be like, it's from Love Actually. Because it happens at such a bustly time when, like, you know, he's visiting Natalie at her house and people are running up and down the stairs and, yes. like, talking about everything. And she's like, kids will be very disappointed. It is a lot of legs, David. <laughs> um, and so what, I, it's really, We also like, notice he has no last name, right? Who, who he's either no the name? prime minister or David. Um, well, I, I guess, oh, I was going to say, it's probably Emma Thompson's last name, but no, she's married, so, um. Like, they just never, because, like, if They're never, Barack like, Prime Obama, Minister so-and-so. You'd, you'd say Mr. President or maybe even Mr. Obama. I don't President, think of, like. You'd say President Obama, yeah. Right. Or, I think we've got stuff for that, but it's just interesting that, like, everyone in England is cool with being like, hello, David. Like, no one would be like, oh, hey, Barack. <laughs> Like, it would be very strange. You know, I but perhaps he, like, be, because he shows up at her house, like, it's, like, obviously not an official visit. It's, like, a personal I guess. visit. Um, well, no, he's getting around to everybody's house before New Year. That's what he says to that <laughs> old course, woman. Of course. Of course, yes. <laughs> he he needed Natalie for a, a matter of state importance. Um, I mean, I, I like to think the family was seeing right through that. When <laughs> they call her Plumpy. I just love it. Okay. I anyway, hate this it. Is, this is not a Love Actually podcast. Um, no, it I just love be. British nicknames. I don't like the fat shaming they do around Natalie for a woman who is not... Not fat. Not overweight. Like, I don't like that at all. Um, See, this is appropriate for this episode. It's all going to tie in eventually. It is. <laughs> it is. But um, I'm impressed that you've already watched Love Actually because that is a... that is a, a uh, Religious is not correct, nor is... Um, Sacred's also not correct. It's a little too strong. But yes, that is a that is a very important Christmas movie in my family, and my parents and I watch it together every Christmas. And like, so there is no like, oh, I just watched Love Actually the other night. Like, no, 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 no. It is. There's no way my mom would enjoy this movie. Uh, has she never seen it. I don't know, and I don't think she would care for the language or the nudity. Um, <laughs> uh, I did try to recommend Elf to her recently. Mm, and she was mm-hmm. like, I've actively avoided that movie. And I'm like, I can understand you thinking you should do that, especially like where Will Ferrell was in his career around that time. But I'm like, I think you should watch it. Like, I think you she'd actually enjoy it. So I am not the biggest fan of Elf. I don't, I don't dislike it oh. for any reason. I, it has just never resonated with me the way it does for, for some people. Um, I mean, it's, it's goofball McGillicuddy. So it's like right up my alley. Yeah, I just, I know so many people think it's incredibly touching, and I'm like, was I just in a bad mood when I saw it? I don't know. I think the most sappy parts at the end are, is is where the movie kind of gets a little like, okay. Like, to me, like, I think when it's just like, someone being very, like, the idea, because like, I never really thought of, like, what's an elf? Oh, an elf is someone who really loves Christmas. Like, that's not something I associate with elves, so this Mm -hmm. take on, like, what he is was really good. It's just basically someone who's so excited about Christmas. We need a reason for it to not be weird that he's doing this. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, like I, it a lot. I will say, I, I do love the line, like, Santa, I know him. Like, I yeah. I, I use that for everything. Like, um, anyway. I We were at the Domain the other day, and they oh, were I'm showing sorry. it. sorry. <laughs> we you know there. how much I hate the Domain. <laughs> so we were we were there, and they were showing it, and it was the, the part where... Buddy, like, 
I like anything where someone doesn't like someone because they're weird and then they come around to him. So it's like Buddy's trying to, he goes and he waits. He's like, I waited for four hours for you for his brother. And then they go through Central Park and these guys are like hitting him with snowballs. And then Buddy, do you remember this scene? Vaguely, yes. Doesn't he like make a t- bunch of snowballs at once? He goes, really yeah, he goes, let's make, you get me some snowballs. And it like cuts, to the kid like packs one and you hear this noise and he turns around and Buddy's got like, an enormous armful and then he's like going at like super speed like just like doing like a windmill arm thing at him i don't know i just find that so because it's another thing i wouldn't go oh of course elves would be really good at snowball fights but i just think it's very inventive i like it a lot um we have we didn't we just watched that part and i need to watch the whole thing i'm kind of want to save it to see if my mom would like it because i think she'd like it better than she thinks she would um great i don't, I don't but know eight is a lot of legs david um, it's a lot of legs david <laughs> what else are you watching like uh, so have you watched will you watch it's it's funny that you ask because amy and i have been texting you know my college roommate we've been texting um just about a variety of things but we've now i've been like watching a movie two days before she does so she's like so obviously i'm just following your lead so you need to keep me posted on the movies you're watching <laughs> um I mean, I watched The Holiday, which um, I don't have nearly as strong feelings as I do about Love, actually. But um, that's, you know, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, mm-hmm. Jude Law. Um, watched The Holiday. I've watched You've Got Mail, which is a Christmas movie to me because it's Christmas at one point in the movie. And it came out yeah. at Christmas. So it's a Christmas movie to me. Um, I've also watched my favorite Hallmark adjacent Christmas movie called A Christmas Kiss. It came out in 2011. Um, and it's basically the plot of the movie Working Girl, but with a Christmas bent and Hallmark eyes. And, right. um, yeah, it's, it's terrible, but it's also like so good. Um, but I honestly, I mean, I need a few more, just kind of what I call like throwaway Christmas movies. I can like have on in the background while I'm working or something. Um, so, well, at this point, by the time this comes out, it will be January. So don't send right, me right, your right. ideas, Craniacs, but, um, <laughs> I watched so, Home Alone. I watched Home Alone the other night. Yes. We watched two last night, which... I had I, I you told I think on the podcast you said you prefer that to Home Alone one. Yes, it, so it's funny you say that because I I I've always always enjoyed Home Alone two a little bit more, but I still think Home Alone one is they're just I don't know I like them both in, for different reasons. Home Alone two does some of the things Home Alone one does worse, but then it's got like other parts that are like the whole Looney Tunes part is way bigger and still done very well in Home Alone two, so I like that a little better. Oh, but like, like, like the, the house of mayhem he creates? Yeah. I I like the whole of Home Alone 1 better. Because the whole part where it's like everything leading up to Kevin getting to New York, I'm like, this is garbage. Like, I, I hate that his family is like, like the, the movie should have been how Fuller got lost this time <laughs> because they were so concerned about making sure Kevin didn't get stuck home alone, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it should have been like, okay, everyone watch Kevin. Who's got Kevin? Everyone tie Kevin to your arm, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. like... The whole scene with Buzz, like, putting the lights behind his ears. I'm like, hey, like, every, all the uh, adults in the audience are dying laughing. I'm like, this isn't funny. Like, it's just stupid. And then B, everyone's like, oh, Kevin, how could you? And it's like, I, this is Buzz's fault. To, to me, the bad parenting in the movie is not that they have lost their child for two Christmases in a row. It's that they let Buzz get away with everything. It's, well, it's no, like, there's at no point where you're like, oh, man, this poor family. I can't believe this crazy thing has happened to them twice. With the second movie, I go... Oh, you're a horrible family. Like, I don't like you. I like the mom okay. I like everybody more in the first movie. I, the only one I like better in the second movie is Uncle Frank. Because Uncle Frank steers into being awful so hard that he's humorous. Whereas in the first one, it's like, why is this guy here? Like, why does anyone invite him to anything? He's terrible. Like... Yeah, I just well, don't get it. And in the first, in the first movie, Uncle Frank is especially because I was so young when I saw this, and like my aunts and uncles were all lovely, endearing, warm, generous people. Oh yeah, people. yeah, yeah, I love my aunt. And so like Uncle Frank was so was such like a uh, what was like, I had cognitive dissonance around him where I'm like, how is this person a member of their family? Right, and then, right, as right. As I get older, you realize that he's incredibly cheap. Like I, I love watching the movie with captions because. In the first movie, when the pizza guy comes, and it's $122 for 10 pizzas, $12 a piece, and which I'm like, actually, the price of pizza has not really escalated that much in the, like right. 30 years since then. But And Aunt Leslie is like, Frank, you've got you've got cash. And he goes, traveler's checks. And yes. then the dad says, which is a line I guarantee you did not hear, but the caption picks up. The dad says, I bet you got the kind of traveler's checks that don't work in France. 
and and I was like, oh, that's that's really funny. It's he's he's a, I like the I think the movie is good in that it has like a depth of character. Like mm-hmm. there's like there's all the things like when I never noticed they throw away Kevin's ticket and that's why they don't notice it later. I noticed that for the first time in the past five years. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I've seen, I, I watched that movie annually. <laughs> um, I uh. Also, it takes me back to like when you had your tickets in advance, they were like mailed to you and you had them in like the little paper sleeve. Yes. Well, Tara and I have also like watched it so much that we were like talking about stuff last night. We're like, is Frank a jerk because like his brothers are so successful? Like his one brother like has a job where he travels from Paris to Mm -hmm. New York. And then, you know, uh, the other brother like can take them all on a vacation. I'm like, no, I think he's awful. And then like, I don't think he cares that he's awful. He doesn't seem miserable. No, he seems miserable to people outside. He seems to love himself. Cause I love, I, I always forget the like, Oh, you're cooking Frankie. When he's like singing <laughs> cool jerk in the shower. <laughs> like he thinks he's great. <laughs> like he has, I mean, he's, he's, I just think he's funny. Home Alone 2 also led to one of my favorite Christmas presents of being a child, which was a talk girl tape recorder. I thought you were going to say those turtle doves we got you. And I was going to be like, that's so nice, Laurel. <laughs> I, I didn't get those as a child, first of okay. all. <laughs> I missed the child part. Um, but yes, a talk girl tape recorder. And I mean, I'm sorry, the, 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 the turtle doves y'all got me were, were lovely. They were not a favorite Christmas present. Like, <laughs> I just thought those were real nice. Um, uh, Oh, Howdy do. I'm Mr. McAllister, <laughs> the, the father. <laughs> like I was dying. That that line gets us. Um, let's go for a stroll in the park. Like that's another <laughs> one that's such a weird line reading. And then there was a third one that like te- we we had to like go back and listen to. I, I the, the second one's good. Like it suffers from not being the first one, but like. Tim Curry's amazing, like that little trio that's like the secondary yes. villains is so good. So, um, so good. Um, I, I, I just, and it looks like, I will say it does look like Joe Pesci is like, I will do like three stunts and Daniel Stern's like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yes. Like, he's just like, I'm, I'm game for anything. Although we were watching the scene where Joe Pesci's head is on fire mm-hmm. and he's walking around and it's like. In the first movie, when the hair goes on fire, it's still... So, to me, that feels like that could be a two-plate composite, you know, of a shot, like, where they shoot it twice and they, mm-hmm. like, composite the scene because he's not moving. Joe Pesci's walking around and his head's on fire, and I'm just watching it with, like, you know, 1992 special effects in mind, and I'm like, I think his head's really on fire. Like, I think that's just Joe Pesci walking around for a little bit with his head on fire. Like, we were really trying to... I want to find a really good, like, stunt behind the scenes for I, for one sure, two. I'm I'm sure if it doesn't exist for that, I'm sure there is something about another movie. That, that'll talk about it, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I have a I have a suggestion for you for a new one. It's oh. not a throwaway Christmas movie. I think it's a legitimate good movie. Um Klaus on Netflix, it's an animated movie. We did we talk about it last time? Well I I've like You've seen it. Okay, wait. I posted about it on Instagram last year because my parents and I watched it. Oh. And I suppose about how charming it was, oh. and you responded about it last year. And then this year, when you and Tara watched it, I commented on like your Facebook post about it or something. Well, that we'll my cut parents this all and up. I just watched it last year, and it was so charming. We'll cut this all up. Uh... It's just—I mean, guys, men don't listen. Ladies, am I right? Like, uh, men don't just... remember. Like, I don't remember any of this. I'm sorry, I don't remember your. Instagram post from last year. <laughs> I'm just saying I once again commented this year. I'm just saying you and I have now interacted oh, about this movie so twice. I've, I've missed two Instagram posts and I'm the Grinch here. We watched okay. the Grinch again. That was a good one. Okay. Well, yes. We, we know you didn't watch the Jim Carrey one because... No. Heaven, I will never watch it again. And we, up, we coming up, that last episode. we have Muppets Christmas Carol. So we're excited to see so, that. That is my favorite Christmas movie. It's very good. I watch it every Christmas Eve. Every christmas eve there have been times where we've gotten home from church late like 11 p.m and i'm like fire it up oh my gosh <laughs> um, we have a tradition in my family of my parents falling asleep to die hard on christmas eve oh nice <laughs> where yeah, i'm no. like we can, no, let's start it earlier this year so it'll be fine no 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 we have to do this stuff no we should start it earlier so we can watch the whole thing and then we get late and i'm like we'll just watch it tomorrow my mom's like no we're watching it now <laughs> and we get to i'm like as far as my mom knows it's just a story about a man meeting his wife at a christmas party yeah <laughs> like yeah. that's the movie of die hard to my mom what a strange uh, title <laughs> i uh 
Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, I, I think we, I've talked about this before, but I'm just going to say it again. We still watch it on the original VHS I got for Christmas in like 1994 because mm-hmm. my parents still have a VCR. And the opening, the previews beforehand are for the new movie coming, Summer 1994, The Lion King. <laughs> oh, one of the best it's Disney, like probably so the good. best Disney trailer of all time where it's, it's just the it's opening just not... song. Oh, no, this goes into like behind the scenes where it's like talks about how they like brought real lions into the animation studio so they could study okay. the way they move and then it's like <laughs> and it's so, like with music and lyrics by Tim Rice and Elton John. <laughs> so obviously, you know, the Disney podcast we're going through stuff and this episode hasn't dropped yet, but do you know Home on the Range? It's a like oh, cow I, I movie. Remember, I remember when it came out. I did not see it. Neither did most of America. We actually really enjoyed it. We were surprised how much we liked it. But all the makings of, they kind of do the same thing with The Lion King where they're like, we brought an actual cow into the studio. <laughs> and like the artist, like in in The Lion King one, there's like separation between the lion and the, the animators, obviously. And in this one, the cat, like so the woman just has one hand on the cow and is like oh. scratching with the other hand. <laughs> like the cow's just like right next to her and like licks her face. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That does not happen in that one. Like the, the lion gets like put up on like a, like a ride with their handlers yeah. around them and animators are like 20 feet away yeah so. i've seen this exact well it's funny because when they pitched it and they were like coming soon the lion king like katzenberg was like get me on stage with a lion and they had video footage of that he looks super nervous <laughs> like he's um, not yeah. excited about it yeah i i don't i don't i don't blame blame him for being a little a little wary of that so um, do you want to go ahead and get started on these episodes? I, I, I really do. Good. I really I, do. I, I, I do, but I don't because, who boy, do I have some stuff on the first one? We are on, oh, sorry, do you want to Oh, go? no, I've got, I, Laurel, I've we written say, down. We need to say hello, Seattle. Like, I was I know just, it. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Hello, Seattle. I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're the Craniacs. We get together and we talk about Christmas movies and lions being animated and all sorts of stuff. But we also talk about Frasier. Laurel here is the, uh, the, <laughs> I was trying to figure out like a, the ghost of Christmas. I was like trying to figure out which one is the most experienced ghost of Christmas, whatever, for watching stuff. Like I was going to say present or future. Oh, I was going to say past past because you've done a lot well and also i watched fraser fraser is part of my past but it's also part of my present and my future wow (laughs) wow this just got deep (laughs) well stop recording i need to unpack this (laughs) (laughs) laurel has seen a lot of fraser and i'm fairly new to it i'm she is she is my guide on my phrase you are my ghosts of christmas past present future and i am (laughs) ebenezer scrooge finding out the true meaning of fraser um, but today we are not dealing with Christmas episodes, uh, unfortunately, but we are dealing with season eight, episode 19, which I know because I have it right here on my notes for the first time. Daphne returns. So Laurel doesn't have to pop in and say, wait, way to take away the like guaranteed line I get every week. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but now I'm realizing I don't have the, uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm so prepared. I don't have the freaking. Uh, I want to say that the Hulu up. synopsis was Hulu, you know, it's just one sentence. It was like. Daphne returns from her time at, at, at a spa, at the, at the spa, while she and Niles um, evaluate their relationship or something. Yes, I it, it, that's I feel like that's just Daphne returns could also be the just oh Niles and Daphne get real about their romance. I think they're skimping on some of these later season. Uh, Maybe, maybe the, on... the author stopped watching Frasier after some of these, after like last season. So we're I getting the, a new guy who's like, meh, less is more. Yeah. So so Daphne's back. She's back. And I actually want to say, so I had to flip back to see, because I feel like in, in real life watching this, Jane Lee's felt like she was gone for probably like five months. But in terms of episodes, it, she just left in what, episode, I think 13, and we're on mm-hmm. episode 19. That's not really, I mean... Daphne's not really gone for all that long. Did you look up exact like air dates to see how long apart those were? No. <laughs> Let me look up real quick. Um, I am sick. I am sick of fat jokes. I'm very, very sick of it. I'm done. I don't want us here anymore. I don't want to. I don't want them to talk about it. I think they might be done, but I feel like there's still. I, I think one of my notes in this is like this episode is mean. It just feels mean. Um, okay, so it looks like the episode where Daphne leaves aired February 21st, 20th, sorry, February 20th, and then this episode aired May 8th. So she was gone for, like, 
I, I don't know, like pr- probably about, th- and, and thinking about when they record, when they tape things, she was mm-hmm. probably gone from December until March. I wonder if they also kind of recorded a little, yeah, like early with some of these. So. Well, because remember that one episode that I pointed out it's before Daphne officially leaves, but Niles just says, "Oh, my, like my my honey has the flu," and then that's it, and you don't see Daphne for the entire episode. I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. bet Jane leaves was already on maternity leave, and they were just recording episodes out of order. Yeah, probably. Um, so we'll I... say November. We'll say maybe November until <laughs> March. Uh, hopefully this is the end of the stupid fat shaming is, uh, a note I have followed quickly by, wait, what? They haven't done it yet? And like eight ex- uh, exclamation points and question marks. Yeah. I, I, is... I, I want to really talk about both plots on this episode. So do, do we want to start with, let's start with the Niles and Daphne one. Um, so Niles and Daphne or Daphne's back. She's looking amazing. She looks fantastic. Her haircut is very good. Yeah. So flattering. Uh, and, and the thing is, she was not, um, when they were doing some of the flashbacks in this episode, I was like, Jane Leaves was so thin. Like, yeah. And that I was like, now she looks, I mean, she clearly does not look overweight or anything, but I was like, she looks healthier. I mean, this is probably due to some, you know, like baby weight in your body changes and stuff and everything. But I was like, she just doesn't look gaunt like she did in some of those flashbacks. Which, that was another thing. Like, what is with this weird, like, almost, like... I go, I, I wrote, I wrote, we're going to have to bleep some of this out, obviously. I go, what the f*** is this deck bullshit? Because it just feels like a scene from Next Generation where they're like, let's hop it. Like, literally, there's a Star Trek episode around this time oh. where they go back in time to an original Star Trek episode. Uh-huh. And they insert them into the episode. So I actually, and that's what this feels like. I liked that because I think it's a cop-out when comedies do clip shows. I, I just think it's because it's they don't take very long to record and to tape but, and it's just I I don't I don't like it so I I liked that it was like we're not just gonna flash back we're gonna actually be like insert the characters I don't I I liked it in a but that's what I'm saying this season between this and the sliding doors episode is like oh, yeah. this is the season where they're doing these weird like high concept doors. stuff <laughs> so you recorded oh that, one. that was the one I did on my own yeah it was an okay. It's uh, it's these weird high concept episodes that are like they've decided like we're gonna try these weird things. I don't even think this is a high concept episode because this isn't that big of a part of the episode, right? Like, right. Well, okay, let's back up a little bit because I want to get into a little bit about the whole Fraser Niles. Uh, yes, why they're therapy doing this, session yeah. that they have, but um, so Niles is all excited to pick Daphne up from like. When he talked about, I agree with you. I agree with you in the whole fat jokes need to stop throwing their fat pants up in the air and stuff. I was just like, oh, this is all. I mean, it's all so cringy. It's all, but it's also also of the time. Um, well, I'm talking specifically about the pig alarm on the on the thing, which I was like, screw you guys. Martin is like so mean in this episode for like three different reasons, but like him laughing at it and later going, I can't believe you got the pig alarm. I was like, Martin, you like the pig alarm. I wrote down like Frasier is the worst. This is where you're like, you are not a very good psychiatrist. Yes. If this was your like solution. Also, if you thought you were just being funny and that Daphne would find it like funny and stuff, I just... You don't know Daphne. Yeah, you don't know Daphne and like it was obvious that her overeating was not just, oh, I'm hungry and this food looks good. It, it was like a more, a deeper, more like psychological thing. So why would you then cheapen it for laughs? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a weird like mishmash because he's a terrible psychiatrist in this thing. And then he's very good with Niles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they're just kind of like, it's just kind of like they get the, you know, have their cake and eat it too. I, I, I will go more into why I didn't like this episode, but the the therapist at the spa, Gloria, Gloria was that her name? Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, it says that she was eating because she felt she couldn't live up to Niall's expectations of her. That's mm-hmm. what the... Yeah, that... And, Ni- yeah, that... Yeah. And then Niles was like... Fl- like, they didn't even write it, like, kind of funny. They just write all his little jabs at her as, like, very mean. Like, well, I think I- it's where I wrote a note, like, this episode is mean and I don't like it. I um I I think that Niles got so defensive over the thought that her weight gain was in any way related to him because mm-hmm. I think he kind of saw it a little bit as like almost a failure on his part, you know, like w- when yeah, it was probably. 
Um, and but I still think you can write him being sarcastic and biting without him, like, because there's a part where he says something and the audience literally goes, "Ooh!" Like the audience doesn't like laugh. The audience is like, "Ouch!" Like they think they kind of don't know what to do with that reaction. Well, that I think does does not happen when they're all at Fraser's apartment. And, yes, and, and even the whole cast just like stops and stares at Niles, and then Daphne does one of my favorite things Daphne's ever done. She tells Niles to leave. Yeah, I was I was like, good for you, Daphne. Like, you're you're saying like you're that he's not being supportive and he's not being what you need right now, and mm-hmm. so he gets to leave. Well, I think it's uh, he gets to Jane leave these. Um, so then, <laughs> I'm, I'm editing out that groan and I'm putting in like a cheer, just, a, just thunderous applause. Um, so. I, I I do think it's good, and I do think, like, that's nice to see that, you know, she didn't just go to fat camp. She went and learned, like, what was going on and, mm-hmm. and, and everything with her and come, came back a stronger person. I don't know. like I, I thought Fraser's toast was really sweet to yes. her. I, I was like, this is just a beautiful toast. And then Niles had to, like, go and <laughs> on it, basically. Yeah. And I, I just I feel like it's so rare that everybody in the show turns against Niles and Niles deserves it. And like, so when that happened, I just I, I was glad that the show went there. Um so then Frasier visits Niles at his office yes. the next day and they basically have Which, a therapy session. I did like Niles as the terrible psychiatrist with him being like, So you think I have a uh germ germophobia? And he's like, No, I just think it's nice to meet someone with a healthy like taste for hygiene or whatever it is. <laughs> he's like here's the name of the man who cleans my telephones and he's the best in town (laughs) i thought that was really funny that was a very nilesy moment what i found interesting was that there were very few laughs in the the scenes with him and frazier doing flashbacks and stuff it was just like real deep like therapy let's like frazier's gonna poke holes in all these things and i was like i really enjoy this yes but i also liked like, there was some stuff where they they felt, like, not necessarily being funny, but, like, I liked, it was kind of sweet when he was, they were in the tango memory, mm-hmm. and Niles was like, oh, I come here often. Like, I, 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 I liked that. So that. I thought that was a cute line. Yeah. Um, I also liked where all three of them were, like, singing <laughs> together, like, yes. two Niles and one Daphne. Yes. It was, it was just such a weird, um, it was so weird to jump into that and almost like jarring to me. Because I, I literally went, oh, it's going to be a clips show. And I'm like, wait, what's that in the background? That's also Niles. Um, it's, it's a little like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban when they use Hermione's time turner. And so they yes. go back in time, but they see themselves. And they However, have like- apparently if you watch that first scene when they see themselves, you can see Hermione's hand like peeking out from behind where she's going to end up being later. Okay, you're going to have to explain that to me a little bit more off the mic. I'm more of a book purist than I am a movie purist. All right. All right. Now I I, I am. Now I I need your line reading of what a great and interesting fact, Ryan. And go. You're happy. You're excited. What a interesting and great fact, oh Ryan. Yeah, well, all right. Um, they don't pay me for my acting skills. <laughs> what do What do they pay you for? How are you getting paid for this? Um, so. Uh, oh yeah, I've been secretly getting paid this whole time. <sighs> I've just been um, not. So what were we talking about for the time turn? Yeah. So the other thing, as someone who like really gets into make it like you know behind the scenes making of the technology behind this kind of stuff, it's also funny because. Frasier has such kind of like wispy little hair that you can see a little bit of green, like a, like a small fuzzy halo oh, around I, I did his. Not that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's stuff that you pick up like old technology, blue screen and green screen that's gotten better since. But like when you don't have like a hard shaped line to go around, like sometimes you can see a little bit of a a halo. I was still pretty impressed for a you know NBC sitcom in two thousand two or whenever this yeah. came out. Like, but I was I was you know. Um, they had done this, like I said, in a Star Trek episode specifically, that was kind of a big deal because it was that group going, you know, wearing the old 1960s outfits and running around like a Tribble episode and doing all this stuff. So was it the Trouble with Tribbles? 
It was that episode. That was the, the episode they go back to. That's truly the only episode title I know of any Star Trek show. Well, I, I think that's part of it because like there's this whole Tribble thing happening, and there they do kind of it's it's a it's a humorous episode. It's not super because like no 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 I don't want to I right. want to hear more about. The but Star what Trek I was gonna episode. say was like it's going back to that thing we talked about where they're on the very similar sets and why a lot of like Frasier people just would like go beyond Star Trek or come back and do that oh, that stuff. Yes. And I think it's probably using similar tech. Got like it. they're like, Oh, they did it. Like, and again, it's just funny to me that they have a character where they're like, mm, aren't Trekkies the worst. And it's like everybody on this show loves Star Trek as far as I can tell. Oh yeah. I, I want to get, I want to get back to the Frasier and Niles therapy sure. because I think we see Niles make like have a turning point when he, finally says like help me understand like why why i am at all involved in daphne overeating and this whole psychological you know revelation she's had and things because i because i feel like niles at first is in such denial and so he has a wall up about hearing that anything could be related to him and i was yeah. like this is this is actually kind of like growth for for niles a little bit i'd be feel better about it if anything if any of her fat stuff because we know the history of this whole fat plot line is she got pregnant they needed to write in why she was getting bigger mm-hmm. and like they did it as like jokey jokey haha look at fatty we're running around like type jokes mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden in this episode they want to make it a serious like turning point in their relationship and i'm like you didn't lead up to it. I, I I feel like now you're trying to make something serious out of, out of something you've made jokey. And like, I don't know. I kind of found it endearing because it was done in a jokey way and we didn't really need to dive into how serious it was. The way Niles thinks about Daphne. I, now, where they end up at the end of this episode, I still like. Like, they handled it okay. But like... I don't know. I just, I just wanted... I, I, I just... I They all of a sudden wanted this thing that... It wasn't like they were forced to make Jane Levy's weight gain a joke. And then suddenly they wanted to make it serious. Like they are the, the, the creators of their own fate. They were the ones who wanted it to be like, look at, look at, uh, what'd you say? What was the thing from, uh, plumpy? Look at plumpy. Like, you know, (laughs) now it's like, this is a very serious subject. I wish you guys hadn't been laughing at it so much. It's important (laughs) that, and I'm like, we were the ones who wrote the jokes. I guess maybe I just didn't get that feeling that it was suddenly like slapping our hand a little bit for like laughing at, like you said, the jokes. I think it's kind of like saying, I I, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like when you, when somebody gets diagnosed with OCD, where at first it's like, oh, that person's just fussy about things. And oh yeah, you know, they're going to come along and straighten that picture frame. And then they get diagnosed with OCD and you're like, oh, this is actually something that you were like really struggling with. And but like, th- I'm kind of not going to like laugh about that anymore. Yeah, I, I guess. But I also think they're not writing forward to that. They're writing backwards. You know, right. it's like they're yes. coming up with that here. And I think that shows a little bit. It's not there's there didn't seem to be any seeds of like, this is a real thing. It just felt like, again, I mean, like, there, there, it was an ongoing thing that Niles never really noticed that Daphne. Yes, was gaining I, I but I think that was also just cute like they were writing it cute like of like he loves her so much and or maybe he's in denial like that was the biggest thing about like i think the most psychological guy was he was in denial of it but then it became like i mean maybe i'm being a little defensive of niles i do think like i understand her doing that i do think niles maybe i don't think niles would have reacted having heard this news that he was part of it so mean and so like in denial of it i feel like he might have. He's in denial. He's in denials. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We need a moment for people to laugh at that. Okay, I'll put in. I'll put in more applause. Even even more thunderous applause here. Um, so, <laughs> so he. I, I get like what was happening, and I think looking at it at a whole, like from the end, like I, I, I like if they could have gone back and rewritten it. With the plan of this, it would have been better. And I just don't like how it turned out. I also think a little bit was Niles hearing that Daphne had been helped by a therapist that <laughs> was not him. What, what did what did he, like, he referred to her as, like, psychobabble or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also, like, she calls herself Gloria. People don't call her doctor whatever. So, yes. like, he's automatically like, oh. Um, one thing that I think was important for this episode to to have, though, is to... We, we have not seen any strife really with Niles and Daphne's relationship other than when he was having to not see her in public because of Mel. And I think it's good to show like 
the growing pains of them being in a real relationship versus the seven years that Niles has built up in his mind right. of like this perfect person that Daphne was. And also Daphne having to like be, be that person for him. Now she has not had nearly as much time and probably hasn't built Niles up in the same way. So I, yeah. I appreciated them tackling that. And in such a smart way. Um, do we have anything else about this plot line that we want to talk about? Well, then they, they hook up um, because they start saying like things they don't like about each other. And like Frazier convinces Niles that he has to like let her understand that he doesn't think she's perfect. And he also has to be okay with the fact that she's not perfect. And so they have this scene where they're like saying things they, do, they, they don't like about each other. That they've kind of been holding back and then it like kind of gets horny. <laughs> like, like they're like really into it. And then like she does. I don't know why I found this so funny when he's like kissing her and she turns around. I, I don't know why this this is a comedic like make out physical bit of humor to me. But anytime a woman like like is being kind of it's like, oh, Daphne. And then from behind they do the like grab something <laughs> behind their head to like steady themselves. I don't know why I find that so funny. Like it's I don't know that's specifically meant to be funny, but it reads as like comedy making out to me. Right. Like Yes. <laughs> I uh, I really wanted the cold clothes to be Fraser picking up the different like object darts that they had like knocked to the floor and being like like shaking his head and being like what happened here I what really was, wanted that to oh be. the final one was Niles sitting there like just listening to a thing but couldn't stop thinking about how much he wanted to about Daphne stop, I think reminiscing yes um, yes that was the most relatable the whole episode was to me. <laughs> It reminds me of in Bridget Jones' Diary too, when she um, calls Mark Darcy Colin Firth um, to d discuss like a, a recent lovemaking session, but he answers the phone on speakerphone and he has he's in his office with a bunch of people, <laughs> and she's like, "I just had a flashback," and and he's like, "Thank you, I'm currently in a meeting with <laughs> X Y Z." Um, uh, the the other plot that I want to talk about briefly is Roz getting a deal with a publisher to publish a children's book. First of all, Roz being like, I have a meeting with a publisher today. I'm like, no way would Roz, unless it was like a friend or a family friend or something, would she just out of the blue get a meeting with a publisher? Right, right, right. This is the most unbelievable thing. And then when she's like, I sold my book. I'm like, no, no, no. This is the most unbelievable thing ever. Oh, I don't know. It didn't really bother me so much because I was, I think I was so thinking about the other one the one that did bother, bother me was how martin immediately was like you should write a book about eddie and i'm like i don't know why this triggered me hard and i'm sure there's some sort of like psychological thing there with my parents but just like the, hey i'm doing this here's what you should do instead and i was like i hate this i hate i'm done with martin like martin martin you're on notice i'm i'm sitting it out there right now martin crane on notice and then we'll it, have it, a, a jail cell door closing noise. <laughs> it, it honestly just made me think about if I were to write a book about Leo and it would be like, it would basically be like the dog who naps as yes. he is doing right now. Um, and yeah. Um, I, I did also want to say that I'm very excited for more Crane Boy mysteries. Um, oh, yes. This, thank you. This is something I wrote down. <laughs> the Crane Boy mysteries. When, he's, when Frazier says that they wrote 34, um, which first of all, impressive. Uh, do you know uh, you you've you've watched Hamilton, right? Yeah. Okay, and so in the song "Nonstop," the last song or the first act, when they're talking about the Federalist Papers, and it was like um, John John Jay wrote four before he became before he got sick and had to stop. John Adams wrote, or James Madison wrote, you know, this many. Hamilton wrote the other fifty-one. <laughs> It's like one of the most quoted parts of Hamilton. <laughs> so I just wanted it with like, we wrote 34. I wrote down Hamilton wrote the other 51. I, uh, as soon as he said me and Niles wrote books, I'm like, in my head, I went Hardy Boys. Like I literally, went, like, and, he's, and it turned out to be just like that. But I do also like that Niles walks up in the middle of the conversation and knows the title of the book he's talking about. Like the, the suspicious yes. six pack or whatever it is. Yes. Yes. I, I looked it up like immediately I was on the computer. I was like, Crane Boy Mysteries. Apparently there's one more episode where they talk about the Crane Boy Mysteries. So oh, I'm excited to wait. hear about more of them. I just, I kind of want to do a little digging and see if there's like someone's done like photoshops. Cause you remember the Hardy Boys covers or the Nancy Drew covers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
like where they're like that one of them has a flashlight and there's like a car like yes. like speeding off like I want to see one or two of those with like Frasier and Niles. And so here's the question: Were you were you a Hardy Boys fan? I think it's one of those books that my I had a bunch of them and I never read any of them because. Mm. A, I always like like I want there to be some sort of fantastical element in something like I, I now I can read a lot more like this is fiction but it's you know realistic fiction but back then I was a kid I'm like no dragons no lasers get out of here um, I did read a lot of Encyclopedia Brown as a kid which is the one where you have to flip it over at the end to see what the like turn it oh. upside down and it would tell okay. you the the oh, gosh, I read a little bit of Encyclopedia Brown I don't remember that aspect of it. I remember that very specifically, and I also remember one where we, they they made like, man, this may age me a lot because I feel like I'm right. Our age difference is right on the cusp of this not being there. Did you ever watch anything when you were in elementary school where it'd be like not a movie but like a slideshow? It was almost like, and they'd go ding, and they'd have to flip to the next like. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. So we're in that same thing. We watched one that was a, an Encyclopedia Brown mystery, and I figured it out. And they go, "How did this happen?" And I remember being so excited because when I used to read them, I never figured them out. Then I read them, I go, "Oh, that makes sense." But this one, I figured it out because it was like someone had talked about how the hood was up on their car, and then someone in front of it had been attacked. And then they're like, "You're lying. How does Encyclopedia know they're lying?" And I go. They couldn't see because the hood was up. And I was like yelled it because I was so excited. I figured it out. And everyone looked at me. And I have a very distinct memory of like the slide and everyone in class like looking at me because I had this sudden outburst because I was like, I figured it out. I'm a I'm genius. So, I'm so glad that this could be an, an avenue for you to share that story. I know. Finally, <laughs> there are like eight stories. I Like this is story seven. I sure share one more and I'm done with podcasts forever. That's uh, all I needed. <laughs> I just want to say I read a few Nancy Drew books as a child. They were fine. I never felt called to read more. I was a Babysitter's Club person. I really I only have room for that, one yeah. series in my life. So, <laughs> um, But I mean, yeah. But funny enough, there is a Babysitter's Club uh, member. I think it might be Claudia, maybe, who's a big Nancy Drew fan. Mm. And so she, like, and her parents don't approve of it. They think that it's, like, junk reading. And so she has to hide them all over her room. Um, anyway, uh, are we ready to rate the episode? Yeah. Uh, okay, th- I, I think we might have another big discrepancy here. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a four uh, Crane Boy Mysteries just because I... I didn't like it. I like, like, now, like, talking it through with you, and this sometimes happens on the show, I feel like I appreciate it more, but I'm going to go with my initial, like, thought, which is, like, I don't like this episode. Okay, I, I'm waffling, but I'm going to go with what my original thought was um, and not what you may have tried to talk me into. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't try I... to talk you into anything. Not not talk not talk me into, but us talking about it. Yes, you know. yes, okay. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to go with my original thought, which is nine. Nine. Uh, blew I out my microphone. This, but, but squealing, squealing pigs, um, squealing pig things. Um, I I, just, I think it's a. I think this is a vie. I think it's a very important episode. Not in the vein of like the overarching vies that we have, but I just yeah. think that this episode, maybe now because I'm an adult and I've like been in relationships and I appreciate therapy and things where I'm just like, I don't know. I see a lot of perhaps uh, maybe a lot of the pitfalls I saw Niles and Daphne having. This is, this was a big one that I think that they needed to get over. I don't love that. It was the, that Niles had to be such a jerk and that they had, had to be at the expense of Daph- of fat jokes about Daphne, but I think it was important. Um, also I-, I can't express how much pride I felt when Daphne told Niles to leave. I like, thought that was pretty big, yeah. No, I'll go I was like, this is... Because you also just rarely see Daphne stand up for herself in any way like that. So. Right. Um, well, I-, I will say one more thing, and that's that I think I appreciate in this next episode the sweet dial- Dials and Daphne is almost what I said. Um, the Daphne-Niles uh, result of their storyline in this one better than almost better than I liked in the other one. I thought it was cuter. I thought it was, I don't know. I I, I liked it. But uh, we're now, of course, talking about Season 8, Episode 20, The Wizard and Roz. Even after Daphne's premonition of Niles getting hurt comes true, he says he needs scientific proof before he will believe in her abilities. A psychic evaluator is hired to put her skills to the test. That's the B-plot. That is the B-plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, 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 the title is even The Wizard and Roz. It's not even mentioned there. 
Um, I liked this one immediately when they come in from the exercise and he says their instructor calls her the British Pound. Yes. Because because it's kickboxing and then that he's nails and then someone's like nails. He goes, oh, you scratch one guy. <laughs> I also, that just to me perfectly sets up what Niles does kickboxing, which is probably like, ah, this is me like pretending like yes. I'm a cat, like scratching yes. at something. Um, and I will say, I thought Daphne looked very good in athleisure. I thought, I, I, I also thought Niles looked comfortable yeah. in his athleisure. Um, well, yeah. I thought Daphne looked great. I mean, I, I think Jane, Jane leaves is like looking fantastic right yes. now. So, so I, I like that. I was also excited about this one because Dr. Tewksbury is back. Of course. So this is one, when Dr. Tewksbury first came in earlier, I guess earlier this season, yes. I thought that this episode immediately followed it. So when it didn't, I was like, I don't remember when this episode comes in. So I don't like him as much in this episode. I th- I, I kind of, there's part of me that's like, I wish he hadn't come back because I thought the other one was so perfect. And he did like, mm-hmm. he was immediately like number one with a bullet guest star. And him coming back was nice to see, but this one was a little, he was playing this one a little funnier it was a it was a more humorous take but i i don't know i just liked him in the first one but it's it's also i don't think this was bad i liked seeing him again and i will be honest i forgot his name was dr tewksbury i was just like oh it's renee abajanoi or however you say it um i I, because i love him i think he's great I know. We guys go back and we'll listen to whatever episode it is where we talk about. I think it's a, a Renee Day in Seattle is, I believe, the title yes. of the episode um, where we talk a lot about Renee Auberjonois. I I also enjoyed uh, Fisher Stevens' character. The, the um... <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> that that was me choking on my own saliva. That was not. That was, that was <laughs> being like so. Uh, be like Ryan. I can't believe you like Fisher Stevens. Do you know like Fisher Stevens? Like what else you've seen him in? Yes, well, so so currently he's on this. Well, Secession season just ended, but he was oh. on this season of Secession. Um, Succession. I hadn't seen him in something in a while, so I was like, Fisher Stevens also looks the same. Yes, looks the same. I first met him in the show Early Edition, styling star, styling starring <laughs> one of my favorite men, Kyle Chandler, um, on CBS. Did you not not favorite Edition? actors, favorite men? Favorite man. He and his wife at the beginning of the pandemic adopted a dog from Austin Pets Alive, and I don't know why, but that was just like. It was like, okay, you were just a wonderful human. I, um, I, I feel like we need specific music for like the Kyle Chandler cult corner. I feel like you, every once in a while, you're like, I have a story about Kyle Chandler, <laughs> and it's always done in this voice where you're kind of, uh-huh. kind of happy about it, but also a little mad at me for not knowing the story. <laughs> and, well, and also, I just, I'm a little mad that Kyle Chandler and I live theoretically very close to each other, yes. and I have not seen him. Of course. It's probably for good that I haven't seen him because I might start crying. Like, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I might just be like, Coach Taylor. Um, I I liked the whole bit where it was, we're going to bring in someone to test her paranormal skills. And I liked the idea that they brought in a skeptic because mm-hmm. as someone who like likes, you know, paranormal stuff and ghost hunting and cryptozoology, um, I, it's important. Oh, the thing I've read is the importance of having skeptics, like people who are like, Bigfoot hunters, but they believe like, oh, I believe Bigfoot exists, but we've never found like I, I'm very like mm-hmm. I have yet to see evidence, and I like this thing well, of like, there's nothing I'd like more than to find a psychic, but I just haven't yet. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, yes, okay. The last thing you just said is what I was gonna say. That yeah. He was like, I want to find a psychic, yes. and I haven't. So yes, I, I enjoyed that. I also really enjoyed the resolution of it. Yes, of, of that's Niles what I'm talking like, about earlier. Yeah. Like, I don't want to know the answer. Yeah, I, this, you know, she goes, oh, it's always been part, like, the way they do it, too, is she's, she's, he's like, do you mind if I ask, like, what makes you think you're psychic? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I've, you know, it's this, and it's such a big part of me. And, and they did it such a good way of, like, Niles plays it on his face, just like, mm-hmm. before he's like, no, I don't want to know. Like, whatever. And I also think that's so true of relationships that at some point, it's not worth being right. If it brings the other person down. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, so for... <laughs> a bit of advice I got on my wedding day was from one of my uh, groomsmen, Clint. And he goes, he goes, just remember this. Anytime you're about to start an argument, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I was like, okay. <laughs> I think oh, about that's... that a lot. 
Yeah. At the same time, you know, don't, don't bury issues. But like, yeah, 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 in this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this, well, I mean, this time, I was just like, yeah, like. And sometimes you do want to be right. Sometimes you're like, I need to, like, I told that to my sister once. And if you know my sister, you understand. She goes, oh, right, right. I want to be right. Right makes me happy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but I thought, but yeah, I I like that. I also I I like the character because I did like he's like sorry we wasted your time. He's like oh no, the dog told me a really funny joke. Just kidding, it wasn't funny. Like I just liked. I yeah, I thought I I thought I thought that whole thing was really. I feel like I use this word a lot. I thought it was charming. Yeah, I'd forgotten. I'd completely forgotten all about that part, except that I did remember the resolution of it. Well, I think charming's a good word because it's like a little funny, not hilarious, but like you know, it's it's not. It's charming's a very good word for what this was, and I think Frasier sometimes is at its best when it's charming. Yeah. So it's a good word. Um, uh, real quick, Tuki is nailing uh, Roz. Oh, boinking Roz is what I put here as, as one of the things. And then another note I had was, this is my new pizza song. Because <laughs> when they think he's delivering pizza, he's like, pizza, pizza. <laughs> and he comes in. I was like, this is hilarious. Um, the, the, the crux of this, uh, I think we do need to go into this a little bit. But like, Frazier sees, goes over to Roz's house accidentally sees that uh Tewksbury is there and that he's wearing Roz's uh robe this Wait. like short <laughs> can I also point out that Roz has two bathrobes and I was like yes Roz she's my girl well this will luckily come out after Christmas but as soon as I saw this there's a there's a robe at World's Market that isn't Terra's color, but man, is it soft. And I'm like, I kept going back and forth. And after I watched this, I'm like, oh, she's getting it for Christmas. So I need to go get that today. Um, it's pretty cheap. It's I like, like the, I don't want to say that on here. Her a present, but it's really for you. You're like, I like this robe. It's soft. Oh, it's not. Uh, the the texture is something that is more concerning. Like I, The reason I didn't get it initially is I went, oh, it's not a color that I normally associate with her. And then like, I what went, color is it? it's kind, there's one that's kind of like, uh, sea green and one that, oh. I don't know. It's, it's stuff. She's like teal. So I was like, Oh, I'll look up and see if they have a teal version. They don't. It's like, it's like peach. One is peach and one is like sea green. Okay. I mean, I would get the sea green. That was my, I think that's going to yeah. be my call, but like, it's just, it's very soft. Great. And I was like, and it's like, it's, this is this is my my mom always has a history when she gets Christmas. She's like, oh, mom, this is great. She's like, it was a dollar. Like she loves to say how cheap her mm-hmm. gifts were, and I'm gonna say that right now. But like, it's also like around twenty dollars, so it's not like if she really is like, oh, I don't like the color. I it's not like you know, it's still it's 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 not so expensive that it has to be perfect in every aspect. That it's like it's like twenty dollars for a very comfortable robe that maybe isn't a color she likes is still okay. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Anyway. Well, so yeah, so I... We can cut I out the bathrobes. economics of my Christmas gift. <laughs> well, it, it, here's how I feel about bathrobes, because as everybody knows, I own five. I have strong feelings about them. Almost all of them are purple. Um, but w- one of them is not. And like, at the kind of the same thing. I picked a fabric that I really liked. Was it my favorite design? No, it wasn't available in other like colors or something. And I was like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to spend a ton of time looking at this bathroom. I'm going to be wearing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that was part like, of my thing for it. Yes. Yes, it's it's not like we're on TV where people are going to see us in this bathroom. Well, part of the reason I, I also went with it is uh, we got a swag bag from work. Uh, it's our fifteen the company's fifteen year anniversary, and they gave us these sweatshirts, and the sweatshirts are amazingly soft and comfortable. Ooh. And Tara keeps trying to legitimately steal it from me, um, <laughs> like because it's also a sweatshirt, so it can be like too big for her, and she's it's still like super comfortable. And she keeps being like, "Can I wear that today?" I'm like, "No, it's mine. I'm wearing it today." <laughs> like, it's like, so I like contacted our person and was like, "Hey, I don't think Tara wants like a you know company 15 year mm-hmm. jacket uh, sweatshirt, but like, can you tell me where you got it?" And she's like, "Well, depending on what color you get, it might be a different thing." And like, the one I have is black, and I'm not sure. Like, you know, I don't know. So I was like, "Ah, oh, well, now." So now it's like me going. I need to get her something that's very comfortable to be her quote-unquote sweatshirt but not actually a sweatshirt i mean okay we'll talk offline about this because i, I have a lot of experience in the soft sweatshirt arena and mm. can make some recommendations of plate of stores or she um, places well she also i got her one last year that is it's got a picture of uh 
Marv's face as a skeleton and it says like uh, Wet Bandit's electrical on it and it's very soft. So I feel like I've already gotten her a sweatshirt that has that is kind of that softness. So okay. speaking of so Home Alone 2. So you don't want to get her one now. No. Plus I got her other stuff. So it's this okay. Is fitting around okay then never mind. Okay. Let, let's get back Fine. to these episodes since you have a time crunch. Yes. T- soft <laughs> robes. Um, the other thing I just want to make sure I, I, I bring up because I, I still think this is going to matter later. Uh, Frazier and Roz talk a little bit about why they've never gotten together. Mm-hmm. I think we're leading towards Frazier and Roz are going to hook up. I don't know that they end the series together, but I think hook up is coming. Okay. That's going to be in big winter is big game of Thrones font. Hook up is coming. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I did find, and it may just be because I, I've, I've trouble with May December romances. I mm-hmm. did find the, hooking up between Dr. Tewksbury and Roz to just be kind of unbelievable. I don't know. He had nice legs. Like when he was maybe, in that maybe robe. Maybe because Rene Abergenois does not do it for me. I guess. But he looked good in that I, beard, I thought. Um, Yeah, I don't... Maybe because I, I, I always think of him as the chef in The Little Mermaid. Like, who knows? Um, I, I cannot... I need to see video of him doing that voice. I cannot... My mind cannot. It's what did you say? The cognitive cognitive dissonance. Dissonance, yeah. Yeah, my brain is like it's like mm, I can't do that. But uh, yeah, he he did look like a, a very comfortable scarecrow in that uh, in that outfit. But yeah, that's all I got on that one. I actually like this one. I know we didn't talk about it much because we were a bit for a time crunch. But I I I, I have a few LOLs though. Hit me. Uh, when. Niall says that Fraser has, you know, godlike worship, and, and Fraser says something like, Oh, like, I don't think so. And he goes, Oh, please, you're one step away from seeing him in a tortilla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved that. Also, um, when when Dr. Tewksbury says when he first meets Roz at Nervosa, like, Oh, let's not talk shop. I'm sure it's not interesting for Roz. And she says, Oh, it's all just white yeah. boys now. <laughs> I want to be like, Oh, that's me and wrestling talk. <laughs> um, um, I... And then when Niles refers to his knee injury and says, You know, it's my old Bossa Nova injury. I just like cackled at that. That's what I want to say from now on. I liked when they, when Fraser's whole bit when he goes to the opera by himself and like buys you know puts a a woman's shawl yes. on this. I and looks expectantly back at the ladies' room. This this made me think of something. Tara like thinks it's really funny that I do this, but if I ever like before I met her, like if if you ever have like a weird snack craving and you go out to like the grocery store or like the gas station to go get a weird snack and they're look or, or like a bunch of snacks because like let's say you're planning on coming home and just vegging all night or whatever. Anytime I do that and they look at my weird snack choice, they look at me. I always go whether they're probably not giving me a weird look. I just think it always. I go, oh my wife's pregnant. I've been saying this for like twelve years. Like <laughs> oh my wife's pregnant. <laughs> just anytime <laughs> I have a weird it's- order. It's funny you say that. I was buying um, a bottle of wine as a gift, and uh, hi, uh, Uncle Gary. It's, it's it was your, the bottle of wine I gave you for Christmas. Mm. Um, and uh, but it was like all I needed at HEB was just like I was like, oh, you know, I, I knew that they had this wine I wanted to get, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna pop in and like checking out of HEB just with a bottle of wine. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be like, I feel like I gotta throw a bag of M Ms in here, and then it's like, mm, rough day. Yeah, you should like. I feel like you needed to buy one glass. <laughs> <laughs> or honestly, I should have bought one of those like tiramisu for two things and just sighed as I put it all down on the conveyor belt. Have we ever, have, has Tara ever told you the story of when she went to Panera and just saw a woman come in and order a loaf of bread and get butter and just sit there and butter slices and slowly eat it? And she's like, she tells it like it's like the saddest story she's ever seen. I, well... I feel like I've heard that story before, and I want to say you. I thought you told it as in you saw it. No, no, no. As Tara told me, it's a story that she told me, and the the vision is so clear in my mind that I feel like I was there. (laughs) Because like it's like it's like what are those like that that three sentence Hemingway story? That's like the saddest story ever. It's like baby shoes for sale slightly used or like never used or something like that it's like this is the saddest story ever written like that's what things like woman alone in panera eating a loaf of bread it's like like such a like sad story i'm like oh like tara was like i kind of wanted to go sit at the table with her and ask her how she was doing i mean that honestly could have been a kindness like who knows yes yeah um yeah also i don't know i'm like let's all get away from judging what people are buying at the store. Also, I don't think cashiers, I think they are like so zoned out. Oh yeah. No, that's what Tara said. She's like, you know, no one cares or like Mm -hmm. if they care, whatever. 
And I'm like, yeah, but I just do it so often where it's like, I'm going to get a bag of chips and a little thing of ice cream. And they're looking at me where I'm like, my wife's pregnant. <laughs> I just move on. <laughs> um, anyway, let's go ahead and rank this one and get out of here. Um, what, did you, what did you give this one? Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this one five bathrobes, which is, um, you know, the number of bathrobes I aspire to have. Actually, hang on. Let me mentally count how many bathrobes I have now. While you're doing that, I am going to give this six. Uh, that I little, do have five. I'm going to give it the six of those little card tests that they do at the beginning of Ghostbusters okay. and here. Um, so, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was I a decent this one. the beginning of Ghostbusters. I forgot about that. I love that so much. Um, so, yeah, guys, uh, if you've got thoughts on this episode, if you want to tell me why uh, Daphne Returns was a VIE or tell Laurel why you think, you think maybe uh, it wasn't that important or, you know, if you just want to say hi – Get a hold of us. We are. You can, of course, call us at Seattle area code 206-657-6986. You can email us. We are craniacs at gmail.com. That's C-R-A-N-E-I-A-C-S at Craniacs on Twitter. Craniacs, a Fraser podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, possibly iHeartRadio Podcasts. We're all over the place. Wherever you can find us, if you can give us a review... Please leave a review. That helps us a whole lot. Leave us a five-star rating, the highest rating you can. If you feel like, hmm, maybe we should give them, maybe I should give them a four-star or lower rating. Hmm, hmm, maybe I have nothing going on today. What I'll do is I'll leave a four-star or lower rating. Instead, Laurel has something you could do instead of doing that. Well, first of all, I would say if you're having a do-nothing day like yours truly, embrace it and literally do nothing. Like, I, I will admit, I'm going to clean mm. my apartment some and I'm going to, like, pack for dallas but um i mean that that's it like i may not leave my home so um it's also rainy and getting colder here so perfect excuse to not do that but anyway um it's by the time this comes out it's january 4th i believe and uh you're probably thinking about some new year's resolutions and so my goal to you is to make smart new year's resolutions um this is not a pop culture goal but a pop culture goal could be part of it and when I say smart New Year's resolution, smart is an acronym. And now I have to remind myself what it stands for. Um, it's it's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. Mm. So, you know, some people, like, don't make a resolution, oh, I want to read more. Have it be like, I want to read one book a month. Because that's specific, measurable, attainable. One book a month is doable, relevant, and, like, time-based. You have a year to do it. So I also... Don't make resolutions if you don't want to. I feel like a lot of people feel pressured to. Don't make them if you don't want to. But just a few years ago, I made a goal to make a photo book once a month of every year, like make a photo book for every year since college. Did I knock out all those years? No. But I made probably five or six photo books over the course of that year. Um, so just that, that that's that's my, my thing. I also love a good pop culture goal. Like I have a lifelong goal to watch every Best Picture winner. I have really been slacking on that goal for the past, like, five years. Mm. So I think I'm going to make a goal in 2022 to watch one new-to-me Best Picture winner every month. Um, but, yeah, just uh, think about those New Year's resolutions. Maybe it's to start your own podcast. Maybe it's to finally leave a voicemail for Craniacs. Um, Maybe you know, it's to, I, really... to leave a review or tell a friend about Craniacs. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, actually, maybe that should be a goal of mine. It's like every month I should review a podcast, like leave a review for a podcast. That's actually, I, li I like that. That's easy enough to do. Yeah, even if it's just like a star review. I, I would actually, especially because some of these podcasts I've been listening to now for going on 10 years. So I really should show them some love um, or leave another review if I haven't left one in a while. So anyway, so that's what we recommend you do, Craniacs. Yeah. Um, truly do tell, put it in the Facebook group, tweet to us, email us. I, I, I'm always interested in other people's New Year's resolutions. Honestly, that's where I get a lot of ideas for my New Year's resolutions. So. Yeah. So let us know what your resolutions are. And I guess, uh, you know, we talked a lot about Christmas on this one, but happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Happy New, happy year. New year. Absolutely. Happy New Year. Uh, you know, I, I bet everyone's going to be anxiously wondering if I end up at a house party this New Year's, will I fall asleep? in the host bed <laughs> at under, some point is it under or over the coats you don't make a like blanket of coats do you it well i mean it's not always that the coats are on the host bed I mean, sometimes um sometimes it had coats have been on the host bed though and um no i think it's on the coats and i then i usually try to make myself so small so that people can still get to their coats As, like, oh yeah, my god people are people in... coming in and out while you're doing this <laughs> like they they are 
And the funniest thing is I feel like, and maybe this is how this tradition started, is they're like, oh, Laurel's drunk. But I feel like now we've reached an age where it's like, oh, I get it, Laurel. You're tired. (laughs) Guys, I was just, I was ahead of the times in terms of like, you know, needing rest during a party. I mean, and this is all mainly when I lived in D.C., but actually this did happen once in Austin and in Fort Worth. So not always D.C., but um it was just our parties would start at eight and go until like four or five a.m. And oh, get I never wanted to no leave way. the party. I just wanted to like get a little snoozle in. So no, no. midnight it, it I turn happened, into a pumpkin. It hasn't happened since. Gosh, it hasn't happened in probably five years because I don't think I've really been to a to a house party like since then. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, so guys, I mean, I don't know what I'm doing this New Year's Eve, but uh, if it's at someone's house, yeah. just, I'll, I'll, if it's at someone's house, I'll I'll post that I've been going to someone's house in. Uh, the Facebook group, and y'all can place your bets as to if I take a party nap and like how long it is. Yep, but guys, yes. we'll have the over under posted on uh, Craniac soon. And, but... and we should also have on top of coats or undercoats, you know. Um... That, that's what I meant, the over under. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, we will see you next time. Happy New Year. And until then, I'm Ryan. I'm Laurel. And we're listening. Bye, y'all.